Welcome to the Witty and Gritty Podcast, hosted by Brooke and Farron. Your personal growth matters, and we're here to help. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, girl, hey. We haven't started an episode like that, so I figured, go for it. I like it. I'm here for it. Yeah, so this is episode 36, Daring Greatly miniseries. So we're actually in a, a unique, interesting position, because usually we do the book episodes. Mm-hmm. So we've just gone through seven episodes of Walking Through Daring Greatly, and then we usually do three episodes at the end of every miniseries. Interviews. Three interviews. Yeah, that's what I meant. I got you. Did I say episodes? Um, you know, whatever you said. Well, technically, it's also episodes. They interview are. episodes. They're episodes in which we interview, which is why they're interview episodes. <laughs> Where would I be without you? <laughs> totally lost. That's the answer. So in the woods. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, whoever wrote that. Shout out to all the 80s yes. bands. Now my kids like the 80s more. So, hmm. yes. All right, so this is episode 36, and we're actually going to interview, I'm going to interview Farron. Yeah. Yes, and we're going to talk about you, and you're going to open up and be vulnerable about some things. So this will be a good way for us to lead from the front. We've been preaching vulnerability, but now we're actually doing it. Yeah, so... So like any episode, hello Farron, introduce yourself. Hi. What do you do for a living? I'm an education. I'm a mom uh-huh. to three mm-hmm. lovely, well-behaved all the time children. Perfection. Um, oh my gosh, my kids are perfect. They can do no. Uh, I they would three. never do anything wrong if no. you're her teacher. Don't call her because they're perfect. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you say my kids are bad, I'll fight you. No. Uh, three awesome little girls, and then my wonderful husband, Jacob. And so today, I'm going to talk about some stuff that I want to preface with. One, I am not a doctor. It turns out, not a medical doctor. So if you hear anything that you think you could be in a similar situation, I highly recommend that you see your own doctor Um, I am not liable for any medical advice because I'm just sharing my story. I would also like to echo that I, too, am (laughs) no medical professional in any way, nor am I a psychologist, psychiatrist, counselor of any means. Okay. We have no professional training. (laughs) I do think friends are good therapy, though. So there's that. I agree. The second thing is, I'm going to talk about some stuff today that I have a different perspective on now that time has passed and I'm further out Mm -hmm. on the other side. So um, we'll get into that a little bit, but just if you're sitting there thinking like, oh great, how can she have such a good outlook on it? I just want you to know it's taken time and then also... Once you get through to the other side, it's much easier to have, like, faith and hope that everything's going to be okay. Right. This is also what we could call a trigger episode. So if this is going to trigger you in any sort of way, maybe pause, skip to the next episode, go back and re-listen to any of our previous miniseries or Listener's Choice episodes. Or you could listen to Stephanie Frentress's grit or not grit um grief Mm -hmm. episode episode 18 so we'll link that one in case you need to hit pause at any moment you have the power to do that 
So there's there's that information. I like how you tease that because then I'm like, no, I'm not <laughs> skipping it. I want to hear this episode. Yes. Yes. Oh, so, okay. Do you want to say the topic yes. you're going to talk about? And then I'm going to ask you the question I mentioned I was going to say before. Perfect. So the topic today is all about miscarriages mm-hmm. and some about infertility. And so that is the story. But before I... Do you want me to start or do you want to well, lead I, with this question? So I, I don't know a lot about miscarriages other than what I know from you. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. it's also... So this is going to help me grow too because I help me with addressing or approaching or mm-hmm. how to... You know, how navigate to na- how navigate the conversation. Yes. Thank you. Um, so <laughs> one in four women are affected by this, or families, parents. One in four people, mm-hmm. humans, um, are affected by this. Mm-hmm. And I was going to ask you, you are about to say, like, really vulnerable, raw things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We are recording the video. I'm going to put it on YouTube. So if we end up editing stuff out, like, that will still be on there. So you might have something what Brene calls... Brene, Brene Brown. <laughs> Our bestie. <laughs> yes. uh, we be call her money, B. Be yeah. money. Be yeah, money. Whatever we decided. Um, she calls it a vulnerability hangover, which mm-hmm. means you open up, you share, and then all of a sudden you feel like you're hungover from your emotions. Mm-hmm. So that could look a million different ways. It could look like you're going to become a recluse and just kind of close yourself in, or it could look like you were trying to cope in an unhealthy way maybe, um, or you could just feel gross and need to find a healthy outlet. So my question to you, Farron, is, because mm-hmm. well, I also didn't give you any information beforehand, I'm surprising <laughs> Surprise. you with this improv question. What are some things going into tonight? Mm-hmm. What are you, what plans do you have in place in the event you have vulnerability hangover? Yes. So, um, I think that the hangover is less and less, I've built a tolerance, like a drinking <laughs> tolerance. <laughs> Which we know nothing about. Nope. I just, what I read in books. Yes. Um, so I think Literature. the more often you're vulnerable, um, the less hangover you have. And if you have not um, read or heard about Daring Greatly, when Brene Brown talks about being vulnerable, there is an appropriate and very much so inappropriate ways and motives for being vulnerable right like we're not going to just shout it from the mountaintops yes or inappropriately trying to get information out of someone else Mm -hmm. or who you share it with right um so again now that i'm on the other side of things um i feel like there's definitely a lot of people that could benefit from this message i can find some positive from the experience is that i went through um so that helps curb the um any type of vulnerability hangover or hesitation into sharing the story. Um, but I, I can come back and revisit that because it, that looked different through different parts of, of this journey. Right. What I also love that you said how you said the more vulnerable you are about a specific topic. So mm-hmm. if we're talking about miscarriage, the more you are opening up and sharing about it, um, the easier it is. So remember, vulnerability is being courageous, being brave. So with those little acts of bravery or courage, you're actually building up your ability to be braver in different situations. And so now, so yay, yay you, tip of the cap, you've been able to work your way up to now where you're actually publicly speaking about it. Mm -hmm. So that's a big deal. Congrats to you. I'm proud of you. This is good. Thanks. Braver than I am. Well, you know, I just show up every day. 
and be obedient to the call. Yeah. Pray that I can do what I'm supposed to do. Right. So, what do you want to just. All started on (laughs) Summer's Day. Why don't you just start from the beginning? Maybe give us a little. Born (laughs) in June. No, I'll fast forward a little bit. Thank you. So in kindergarten. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> All right. So um, contrary to uh, my kids' beliefs, they we have wedding pictures in our bedroom, and they like to say, where was I at your wedding? And right. so then I have to explain that, no, Mommy and Daddy got married, and there actually was a time that we were together, and y'all didn't exist. What? But, yes. So um, Jacob and I had been married for... I don't know, I'm not good with dates or years, so we're going to say about three years, and we decided to have kids, Um, and we had my first daughter, Tori, no issues, Um, not getting pregnant the first month was shocking, because, you know, you grow up, and there's all this societal, Uh and, you know, religious, and all this pressure about, like, by golly, you better not get pregnant before you get married, and so you think that if you look at a guy the wrong way, like, you're just going to get pregnant, Immaculate conception. (laughs) That's not how this works. (laughs) That's not how any of this works. No. And so um, I was very surprised that after the first month of trying, I wasn't pregnant, but um, like took about three months, no big deal. Um, And we were pregnant and everything went absolutely fine. Um, She was born like nine days early, but I mean, no harm, no foul. Uh, So then... I'm one of four, and my husband's one of four, and we're pretty close in age to our siblings, and it is kind of crazy. Like, obviously, you know, to have a baby takes, like, ten months from trying to actually having the baby, Mm -hmm. and so if you want to have a baby two years apart, then, like, you better start trying when you have a one-year-old, and you're like, wait a minute, I just have a kid (laughs) again. Yeah, so, anywho... Um, we started trying and same thing, had no problem, you know, got, uh, pregnant a couple months after starting to try. So this was after, so (coughs) timeline, married for three years, started trying to get pregnant, got pregnant, had Tori Mm -hmm. a year later. So this is like year four-ish, five-ish into your marriage. How long Mm -hmm. have y'all been married? Uh, currently? Sure. Ten years. Great. A decade. Okay. A decade. So now we're about halfway through your yeah. current marriage. Okay, keep going. Well, I mean, <laughs> not like currently. <laughs> I meant, I meant like currently. Jacob. Currently, you have ten years, mm-hmm. and five is halfway. So halfway. Th- <laughs> oh my gosh! I like Carry it. on. Yes. I'm not here. Just tell your story. <laughs> so um, we told my family fairly early in the pregnancy. Um, my family enjoys partying and celebrating and going out to dinner and everyone has drinks so it's really easy to tell if someone's pregnant because they're when you don't drink you're either pregnant or pregnant so um, no other option yeah guys too we told them pretty early and this was in august and i ended up miscarrying the Sunday night before the first day of school. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. And so, yeah. We just need to pause for a second. <laughs> yeah. Because the first, like, any starting new year, any new school year, mm-hmm. any good teacher is going to get the jitters. Yeah. Like, all right, going on the first day, mm-hmm. got to be on my game, got to 
have all the vitamins and all the sleep because I'm not going to sleep until Christmas and storing up all that energy. And then this happens. Yep. And so, um, the day, the night before or like the day, (laughs) the night before. And so I called like the on-call doctor and well, I had Jacob because how far along were you? When this happened, so like six like weeks, seven weeks, seven weeks, yeah. Okay. So definitely really early, um, still in the grand scheme of things. So I am going to write a blog post. So watch for this. But if you've never gotten pregnant before, so you get a positive pregnancy test and you're all excited mm-hmm. and you call your OB and they're like, yeah, yeah, okay, well we don't see you until your eight week appointment, and you're like, but I'm pregnant now, right? I want to go now. <laughs> I want to make sure this is um, working now. But mm-hmm. they don't see you till eight weeks, and part of it is because it's not uncommon to miscarry between that pregnancy test and eight weeks. Um, not that that's comforting in any sort of way, but right. um, so yes. Anyways, uh, so found out seven weeks. Um, I call the doctor. This is the still the night before school. You night call the before, doctor. Okay, and you call the doctor. And I know they have to ask these certain questions, right. but they're like, why do you think you're miscarrying? And you're like, well, dummy, <laughs> bleeding profusely. Right. Um, and so anyways, it's very upsetting and they want to talk to you because I'm one of those like, when I cry, you can't understand what I say. So I'm like, sloppy. Jacob, talk to them. Uh-huh. And then the doctor's all like, I need to talk to her. And so then you're like. You're living it, and then you're having uh-huh. to already tell. At the same time. Yes. That's hard. So yes. what if we can, so maybe I'll just interject yeah. as we go. Yeah. So what advice would you give to someone right then in that moment? I wish if you're I having knew to, ahead of time. What do you mean? Like, if you have a miscarriage, then Here are the here's steps. what's going to be said and Okay, asked. so let's yes. hear that. So, anywho, you call the doctor. I mean, there's honestly nothing that they can do at that point. Right. Um, but they are going to ask why you think you need, why you think you're miscarrying. And they're going to ask, like, how much is happening. And then um, they'll want to see you in the doctor's office. Um, they might, to see if you just happen to have a period but you're still pregnant. Or if it was spotting or whatever. Or if they have to do, is it a DNC? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which, if you're not familiar with that's where they have to go and get any leftover materials right so you don't get infections Mm -hmm. or anything like that kind of you know just help the body Mm -hmm. clean all that out um so i got to have the first day of school and then the doctor's office called me uh, okay hold on i might be baffled this whole time so you know you're miscarrying and you Mm -hmm. still go to school the first day yeah Miscarrying. While you're miscarrying. Well, if you miss the first day of school, people are gonna want to know, like, you don't just miss the first day of school. Okay. So, parents, other teachers, Mm -hmm. and then, unfortunately, when you tell people, it eventually, Mm -hmm. and if people are having to think of a big enough reason why for you to miss, anyway, like, Mm -hmm. were you sick? No. Anyways, people right. don't mean anything by it, but right. I figure I show up, then I don't have to say it. Tell you don't have to deal people. with any of that. Yeah, uh-huh. I don't have to deal with any of that. Okay. Um. So well, then, what was that like for you? I mean, honestly, it was kind of a welcome distraction. Mm-hmm. 
And so not that I recommend that it's healthy, but I mean, it helps right. kind of bury it for a minute. Right. Um, and so they, the doctor wants to see me that day. So now I have to go and tell my boss that I need to leave early on the first day of school, which getting kids home the right way matters every day. But that first day is extra insane, especially at an elementary school. Mm -hmm. You don't want to be on the news for losing anybody. Right. So I'm back to a scenario where people are going to know, notice my absence and what could be so bad that you're leaving early on the first day of school. So, anyways, but I have to go in, and so I have to, like, tell some people, and Mm -hmm. that's really hard, and then I just, I I went, and I uh, did that. I went to the doctor's appointment, and um, just so you know, if you have a miscarriage and you go in, your doctor's going to say, yep, you did, and chalk it up to, it happens, which um, there's, I don't know about bedside manner with that, um, I do think statistically and scientifically, I mean, they're right that it just, it happens. But the second that you find <coughs> out that you're pregnant, you already start having, like, your hopes and your dreams and picturing the future right. and what that's going to look like. And if you've never miscarried, you do have some type of fear of, like, losing a baby. Right. But now it's, like, solidified, like, oh... I can lose a pregnant, you know, a baby, the pregnancy. Um, so that's always like in your head now, like a reality. And I do remember after having my first kiddo, I was walking with one of my friends, Maggie Rose, in her neighborhood, and we had uh, one of us had had a friend that miscarried, and I remember saying, you know, I hope that if that ever happens to me, that you know, I just am able to understand, like. You know, there's a reason or God's timing or, you know, that I could just be at peace with it. Um, but in the moment, it's still it's still really hard. Um, I definitely think that it's probably harder to have, let's say, a stillborn or lose a pregnancy further along. Well, um, I'm going to interject also. Yes. Your, your pain is your pain. Yeah. Your feelings are your feelings. So yep. on whatever, mm-hmm. whether you lost the baby one week in or 40 weeks in or two years in or yes. 10 years in, like it's, it still stings. So we don't want to take away from no. what you're feeling either. I'm just saying, I think I was surprised by how that, how much it did. Took hurt. a toll on you. Yeah. yeah. And again, I had told my family. Mm-hmm. So now I had to tell my family that I was no longer pregnant, which I come from a family of fixers and lovers and helpers and doers mm-hmm. and all you re- all I really wanted to do was like be left alone mm-hmm. um I didn't you know that they happen all the time and so I didn't want to jump the gun and think like oh I'm never gonna get pregnant or what could this mean for me and so a lot of times when I share different news with my family again it comes from a great place but it's a bombardment of questions and suggestions Mm -hmm. and it's like I'm almost not ready to even move on from this and I don't even want to go down that thought path for whatever reason. Right now. There's Mm -hmm. so many reasons. So yes. How did you go about telling them? Um so sometimes I just tell my dad and then I let him distribute the information. And sometimes I have my husband tell my dad. (laughs) So uh huh. So that way he can filter through more of the questions. And so I do appreciate um, that he takes on, you know, to him, he appears to me that it's not a burden. 
and maybe it is more than he lets on. Um, but I do appreciate that Jacob, my husband, is able to do that because it definitely helps me. Right. And then also he's he's feeling something as well. Yeah. So to still be able to relay that information. Mm-hmm. Good job, husband. Yes. Okay. So the doctor recommends that you at least um, have a normal period or cycle before you start trying again. Um, and then anyone that maybe has been trying to get pregnant, um, there's just something extra, like, sucktastic <laughs> about... Official word. ...having your period when you're trying to get pregnant. Periods suck, but then that whole, you know, five to two weeks, I hope that's not you guys out there, but however long that period is, it's just a constant reminder that you're not pregnant. Right. And when you're not on your period, every day is like maybe a chance. Lots of pressure there. Yeah. And so that just, that sucks. And, you know, in your head, you again, we had this timeline goal. We wanted our kids close in age, mm-hmm. um, that kind of thing. So we wait a month and I get pregnant in um, October. So August, September, normal month, mm-hmm. October, mm-hmm. you got pregnant. Yes, and so this time they said, well, let us know when you have a positive pregnancy test and we can put you on progesterone. Progesterone? Progesterone? Yes. Like a trombone? Yeah, one of those. Official. Mm. Yeah. Um, and it's supposed to do something all medically and science and help it. your levels and blah, blah, blah. Mm. Above my pay grade and yes. my uh, knowledge, my wealth of knowledge. Yes, and so... I do that, and I'm like, okay, we got a plan. This is great. We tell his family. So you told both families now? Nope. So on the Just second one, we, had, we went, his family was going to happen to get together. So okay. my family, we all live pretty close in the same mm-hmm. DFW Metroplex, so right. we see each other more regularly. His family does not drink, <laughs> um, often at family gatherings, and so... It was more that everyone just happened to be in town for a weekend, right. so we decided we were going to tell everybody, <coughs> and so we did, and the next weekend we were supposed to go see my family and tell them, but in between those two weekends, I miscarried again. Oh, time out. So, <laughs> I just, I'm going to need to repeat timelines. Yes. Got pregnant. Mm-hmm. August, the day before school starts, mm-hmm. you miscarry. Mm-hmm. Regular month, yep. October, you get pregnant. Mm-hmm. Tell his family one weekend. You're going to tell your family the next weekend. Mm-hmm. And between those seven days, mm-hmm. you have another miscarriage. Mm-hmm. So so did it, was it like the same signs as the first one? Or mm-hmm. so you already knew? Well, or, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. So um, same thing. You call the doctor. I don't know why. By that point, I should have just said, I'll call the OB in the morning. But I don't know. I guess you just, you're panicking and you're, you're sad. still, yeah. And, and you want to call. Trying to be hopeful. And you want them to say, no, you're not. Right. Yeah, you are. Mm-hmm. Um, <coughs> excuse me. So I um, go to the doctor and, you know, when you have two, they say, you know, this, this happens. It's not uncommon to have one or two, you know miscarriages, so on and now so Now that forth. technology is getting better, yes. we can find out earlier when we're getting mm-hmm. pregnant. They say, you know, people probably used to think late periods were late periods when they were actually miscarrying. Mm-hmm. 
And again, it's real comforting, but I don't know what you expect Is that sarcasm? To say. Yes, that's very sarcastic. Okay, so, just making yes. sure. It's not comforting, but... So again, do not say this. <laughs> yeah. Do not no. say that it's normal. No. That does not help. Please don't ever yes. say that. And I need to backtrack a little bit. So um, my team at school with the first one, obviously, I left early the first day. Um, I said, there's some stuff going on. I don't want to talk about it. And they really respected that space. So, um, you know, I was close in a work relationship. Um, I didn't. There's one uh, teammate of mine that I was really close with that I let her know because the first day she took my class and we were we had a really good uh, mm-hmm. bond. Um, but you know, it's just something I wasn't wanting to share with the team one, because I didn't want to fall apart. And I'm one of those, once I start crying, I can't stop. Mm -hmm. And then you have students and they're like, what's wrong with your face? And you're like, nothing What's wrong with your face. (laughs) Um, and so yeah, there just never seems to be like a good time. Uh, I eventually did tell them though, because it just was sad and affecting my mood. And I probably was, you know, a little more short. And I would rather address it before they like try to come make a judgment about your character or personality. Well, you know, old people would do that anyway. Mm, those <laughs> rascals. Yes, but um, in not wanting to share, I didn't want to hear anyone say it'll be okay because you don't know that, right? Like you're trying, and to also be it's currently not okay. It's currently not okay, and you don't know that it'll be okay. And right. so, again, this is just speaking from on the mindset. On this side of life. Yeah. On this on side of life, we don't know that. side of the curtain, mm-hmm. I just didn't want to hear that. Right. Um, I do know that lots of people have miscarriages, and I didn't want to hear, that happened to me too, I know exactly what you're going through. Again, I'm not trying to like have this mental competition with someone about whose situation was worse. Um but I didn't want to hear that. Um, you know, definitely in a place of hurt and anger. And so I just needed them to know what was going on. But I wasn't ready to hear any type of support or encouragement. Um, so from your, from your experience yes. and your personality yes. with how you handle things. Yes. So with you, what would have been helpful to hear? Um, definitely want to hear somebody just in my corner like this really sucks and all that kind of stuff. I don't want to hear, well, at least you have one kid. Some people don't, can't have any kids. Thanks. Or, you Jerk. Know, maybe you're meant to adopt and nothing against adoption, but, right. um, when you're, you didn't want to, you didn't want a solution no, to a solution I right don't now. Want anyone, you wanted to be I'm mad. Like, you wanted yeah, to be sad. Be mad with me. <laughs> yeah. Be mad with me. Tell me man, that sucks. I can't imagine that's got to hurt. You know, do you want to go to Chili's and get some chips and queso? Got you. Anything that involves getting out and taking your mind off of it, not sitting and dwelling and, you know, almost false promises and, you know, oh, well, my aunt's cousin's neighbor had a miscarriage. Like, there's no, there was no comfort in my mind of hearing about other people going through a similar situation or um, hearing that there could be other options or p- promises that somehow it's going to be okay. What did your spouse do to help you with this? Mm. In your corner, be mad with you. Yeah. Um, he just knows like when I'm 
when I am upset or mad or whatever, just in general, regardless of the situation, like he just does things that he knows makes my life easier. Mm -hmm. So take things off your plate. Yeah. That that's helpful. So if I'm already in a bad mood and the house is a wreck and I can't even find it in me to get up and like do that, like he just takes care of maintenance. Yes. Okay. So that is good information. Yeah. That is very nice. Um, and just general questions. So, and then randomly when we're watching a TV show, I'll just throw it out there. So he's always got to be ready to like have it filled it. <laughs> yeah. Impromptu. Well, what do you think about this? So, um, I think he just reads me well and knows in general what helps calm me down when I'm mad, what cheers me up when I'm sad. So no matter what it is behind that, okay. he can do it without having to say, like, how do I handle each individual sad situation or each individual frustration? That is situation? a very good tip. So if you know a friend or if you are the friend, maybe based off of what you know about whoever this happened mm-hmm. to, mm-hmm. and this could be, I guess, any, any tra- tragedy or yeah. anything like that, what generally makes them more comfortable, feel safer, feel mm-hmm. happier, enjoy things more, and yeah. do those things. Mm-hmm. All right. Yep. That's good information. Love it. Very practical. Yep. So I did appreciate my team. They just listened, and it wasn't till like, a couple months later that I had one teammate come and share that, like, she had gone through something similar, and she didn't know at that time that I had lost the second one. Um, but, you know, I didn't tell her. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, How is she going to know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But um, I was able to receive it a lot better, and they, <laughs> two teammates came and they each separately, and they both started with, I know you don't want to hear this. <laughs> <laughs> Preface, please. But I haven't stopped praying for you or thinking about you, mm-hmm. and I just want you to know, blah, 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 blah. Okay, fine. Yes. <laughs> and so... Thank you. They chose, like, the end of the day, too, so, like, if I got upset... <laughs> you could go home very soon. I didn't have uh-huh. to threaten the kid for making fun of my face. <laughs> oh um, my yes. I don't want to lose my job. So, um, that was... That was very nicely handled. And they're women that are a bit older in age, and so I'm sure they've just learned how to navigate those waters um, a little bit better. So if you're not sure how to handle or respond to someone in a similar situation, you could always turn to someone who's older in age because they've probably been through either the experience themselves or having to be there and show up for people going through that situation. Yes. All right, so So, August, October. uh Uh-huh. What's happening in October? So, um, lose the second one, and they say the same thing. Oh, you know, it happens. Um, so, wait a month, then you can try again. And at this point, I'm like, so how many do I have to, like, lose before we do something? And try a different thing, because yeah. this way's clearly not working. Yeah. I am one of those that um, I don't really mind change. Um, I like to reinvent the wheel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> People are like, why reinvent the wheel? I'm like, cause it could be more awesome. <laughs> um, if I do something and it works really well, I'm always looking for, well, how can I make it even more awesome? Yeah. So after the second one and they said, oh, you know, two's typical too. And you're like, great. Uh, it was like, but what happens if I lose another one? Yeah. And how often are you going to say this? Yeah. Is this every time until... Forever or? So 
um, they said, well, I mean, sometimes we have people that lose five or six before we go any further. And I was like, I'm not uh, doing that. Yeah. I'm yeah. I said, I- I'm not doing that. What do you do when they lose five or six? And so they talked about, you know, well, then we run all this blood work and depending on what the blood work says, we send you to different specialists, yada, yada, yada. Um, the one thing that my doctor did say that was encouraging, she's like, you can get pregnant. She said, that's, if you can get pregnant, man, that's like the hardest battle. Um, so some of you guys out there, I know, um, are struggling with just step one, getting pregnant. Um, my issue was more so step two, staying pregnant. Mm -hmm. So, um, I said, you know, I made it pretty clear that if it happened again, because we had the same plan going into try number three. Right. So I already wasn't very optimistic about that. Um, and so I just said, if I lose another one, I want to go ahead and like do whatever we got to do. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not, I cannot handle five or six. Infinite amount of. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, they were leaning towards, but you can get pregnant, you know, hang in there. And you already had Tori. Yeah. And that was the thing, too. They're like, well... You already had a successful... Yes, we already know that you can successfully have a baby and we didn't have to do anything. Mm -hmm. And again, having one or two or three, you know, that happens. Uh, But that just wasn't okay with me. Right. So, um, we wait. And then my next positive pregnancy test was Christmas morning. Okay, so October 2nd one. Yes. November regular month. Mm-hmm. December. Merry mm-hmm. Christmas. Yes. And we okay. are at my husband's family's house. And he's like, let's tell him. And I said, babe, I can't, we can't do that again. Can't do it again. Uh-huh. Yes. <coughs> Excuse me. So as far as my family knows, I've had one miscarriage. And as far as his family knows, I've only had one miscarriage. And so Christmas morning, you know, I'm like, man, this is going to be such a cool story to tell someday. I start taking the progesterone. Yeah. One makes you go into labor and one, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I'm not sure either. Again, not (laughs) medical experts. (laughs) We don't know what we're talking about. Yes. So, um, the morning of the first day of school that we come back from winter break, I actually miscarry at school in the bathroom. And oh yes. Okay. <laughs> it's not funny. I'm just nervously laughing. I understand. So did you tell people on Christmas? No. So, so this time we learned our lesson. We didn't tell his family. We didn't tell my family. Yes. Okay. Would thinking back, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. did you wish you would have said anything on Christmas? No. All right. Because having to tell that both been sides worse. of the family. Yes, and then no. Times, yeah. Relive it, relive it. Gotcha. Should have learned the lesson the first time. But hey, everyone, it's not uncommon to have one miscarriage. So I, you know, we ah. thought we were good the second time. And we made it like one week further. Yeah. So. Okay. So then Christmas breaks (laughs) over. You go back to school. Mm -hmm. And it's the day you go back to school. Mm -hmm. Yeah. At school. Yeah. At your place of work. Yeah. While you're teaching tiny humans. Right. Oh. Pretty awesome. 
But at least that time, I did not have to call the on-call doctor. I just called my doctor and went. So there's a business hours. Wait, wait to see the silver lining there, Farron. Yes, I didn't have to tell my story two different times. Ugh. Um, So I go to the doctor and explain that I understand. I cut her off that these things happen. Great. Don't so help. Freaking tell me that one more, not one more time. Yes, and I said. I want to know the options. Yep. Because this is clearly not working. Yes. And so she explained that we could run, like, all this blood work. Do it. Here's my arm. It always takes a couple weeks to get, like, all the really important ones back. Sure. And so, anyways, um, she's like, well, your levels are all whatever because you were just pregnant. Come back in two weeks, and then we'll take your blood work. And then it's going to be another. Good, so, let's delay this process. Gosh, it takes forever. Awesome. So in the meantime, we are not trying because why? <laughs> why? So. And you could practice. Well, I didn't say we weren't practicing. Oh, okay. I just said we weren't trying. Um, so yeah, anywho. Um, blood work comes back and she says that, um, and again, it's kind of a blur. I'm not really good with medical terms. Uh, but the blood work shows A and A, which is anti-nuclear antibodies, which is associated with autoimmune disease. So okay. that's when your white blood cells attack your healthy body because it just assumes you're constantly in a state of infection. Okay. I'm paraphrasing here, but gotcha. yes. Yes, so, okay. I get it. Um, yes. This autoimmune disease can be things like lupus and rheumatoid arthritis and all the all the fun diseases out there. Okay. Um, so she says, so now that we got this blood work, we are going to send you to a hematologist, which is a blood doctor. Mm-hmm. Um, and they work at mine is in an oncology clinic, and so it's really scary going into those places because sure. there's um, obviously very sick people there. And so you're instantly like, oh my gosh, I'm a really sick person. And then they also sent me to a rheumatologist um, who studies a lot about uh, autoimmune diseases. That's why I went. I'm sure they do lots more things, but that's why I went there in particular. Um, So I went to the hematologist because I have a marker or a gene mutation. It's the prothrombin gene mutation, which um, is... You sound very professional right now. (laughs) It took a long time to learn to say that word. Don't ask me to spell it. Uh, Ask Siri to spell it for you. Um, But the prothrombin gene mutation has to do with clotting. And so basically the hematologist said that for whatever reason, when when I conceive a baby, my body thinks it's bad. And so it throws a clot to terminate the pregnancy as like a defense mechanism. Mm -hmm. Um, as part of the autoimmune disease. Um, and then I went to see the, even though I've never had a clot, and so that's just all interesting. Um, I've since then learned that if I have lots of special blood work done, it shows um, a heightened level of like traces in my blood of what your body releases to break clots. So when they do my blood work, they assume I had just had a clot, um, because all the stuff in my blood shows the things in your body that break clots down. So, for example, 
the cough you hear on today's episode is from pneumonia. And so I had a whole bunch of blood work done in the ER, and they did a CT scan because they saw the traces of what it releases in your body to break clots down, and they thought I had might have uh, lung blood clots in my lungs. And so if I was oh, not... intense. Yeah, if I wasn't so sick and dying, I probably could have explained to them, no, no, no. Listen here. Yes, my medical experience tells me that I do not, in fact, have clots in my lungs, but I would have had them checked just to be safe. Yeah, there you go. But I went to the uh, rheumatologist because um, the doctor was like, you want genetic reasons and having kids, you want to make, you know, you just want to be informed of all the genes you could be passing down. And so um, the doctor did all this blood work, and it came back that I have, like, markers for lupus, rheumatoid arthritis, leukemia, like, all these really big scary things. And he's like, but it doesn't make sense because I'm looking at you and your CBC, like, total blood count, whatever, all looks good. So he ran even more tests that were going to take a month to get back. So I'm like, okay. So I have markers for all these really big scary things but I guess I don't have them, but he wants to rerun all these crazy tests. And so here, maybe this is why, you know, I think when you have a loss, you try to find a purpose in it. And so mm-hmm. I was like, man, what if like these miscarriages help catch something early Yeah. so I don't like die from some big scary disease or I can yeah. change my diet or some preventative thing. Um, so I think that's how you, some people me try to rationalize these like yeah. terrible things and then you start which thinking, let's yes. note you're a nine you go to a six when you're stressed out so worst case scenario planner yes oh look at that yes facts so i you know i'm just waiting to find out what's going to happen to my life um are so. we to spring break at this time at, in the it's, timeline yeah about to be spring break yeah. it's probably at least march okay and so, um, anywho, he, the blood work comes back and he goes, well, I don't know what to say. You have these markers, but you don't have any of these things. That's Could it positive. mean they're coming someday? Maybe, but there's really not any proof of that either. Right. And so he's like, I can't tell you why, um, you're not getting pregnant. And so I told him what the hematologist said and he goes, I mean, that's a theory, but the fact that you've never had a clotting episode he's like i just i don't that can't then it's not adding up yeah he's he was not saying it wasn't right he just didn't feel like there was enough evidence to support that theory okay so i go back to follow up with my ob and so she explains that there have been cases where they give women blood thinners um to help them maintain a pregnancy And she said, I don't know why it works. It just does. And so if you're interested, that's something that we can try. So So you joined a case study. Yes. So I said, yes, I do. Sign me up, good doctor. This is something new, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, So my OB worked very closely with the hematologist to determine the amount and of uh, and type of blood thinners uh, to do, so they are shots. <laughs> and yes, they are. Yes, 
All the way through high school, I would cry hysterically if I knew I was getting a shot. All the way through high school. All the way through 18-year-old Farron mm-hmm. crying. In college, I decided I better start sucking it up, but uh, it's still awful. And so... You still hate it. Do you get a flu shot? Um, I now have to be strong for my kids. Because if Good I job cry modeling. when I get a flu shot, they're sure they will most certainly cry, cry as yes, well. So I have to fake myself out. Hey, this is fun. It doesn't even hurt. It is. Oh, so now here you so are. Here's the plan. The plan is the day I have a positive pregnancy test, that day I need to go in and start doing the shots. What if it was a Sunday? That would be crazy. Oh. I'm sure Monday would be okay. All right. At least I'm going to tell my past self okay. that. So, anywho. Um, so, May, I think, if that works out. In May, we find out that we are pregnant again. Mm-hmm. And so I go in. So, timeline again real quick. I'm sorry. Yes. August, normal month. October. October, normal month. December. December. Nothing until May because I could be dying. And all the blood works so, Okay. Yes. Just year from hell. Sum it yes. up. Gotcha. So, um, May pregnancy test. I get the shot and they freaking burn. Okay. It hurts. I cannot give it to myself because, like I said, I hate shots. The last thing I'm going to do is <laughs> give yourself a shot. That burns and is the worst shot you've ever had of your life. It's, um, yeah, the flu shot's a different kind of pain. Um, this one is just the burning sensation. It's kind of like when you have a paper cut and then you put sanitizer on it. So, like that. And wh- do you want to talk about where? Yes. So, you do it in the, like, fat of your stomach. Subcutaneous is what I believe yes. the medical Yes, that sounds is. great. Yes, subcutaneous. Deep under the skin. Yes, in that nice pocket of fat. Um, so... Right in your gut. Yeah, so you gotta, like, pinch your skin and do the shot. And alternate sides. Alternate sides because it can do, like, bruising and leaves your skin tender. And so Jacob gets to do this. Mm-hmm. Which... It's every day? Yes. Every day at the same time. So you're setting an alarm and you can't... You gotta do it within a half an hour of the same time every day. Ideally the exact same time. But there's a half hour window because once it wears off, your body could produce a clot. Right. And then that would be bad. Right. So, um, anywho, we do the shots and we make it past six weeks and we make it past seven weeks and we make it past eight weeks. So that's kind of how my miscarriages went. I made it six weeks. The next one I made it seven weeks. The next one I made it. No, I didn't make it that long. Six weeks again. Six, seven, six. Um, so when we get to eight weeks, we're feeling pretty confident, but it's still early. Because you can actually get to go to the OB now. Yes. At eight weeks. Yes. So she did, I think, actually saw me at six weeks, and we saw, you know, that the baby was there, and then eight, and then we went back to months after that. Um, and so during this time, though, you're just waiting for the other shoe to drop. As Brene Brown says in her book, look at you. Yes. Brene Brown, B-Money, and many uh, old wise people before her. Yes, you're just waiting for the other shoe to drop. Um, I actually heard that's like when people used to live like in an apartment building above and you could hear everything and the person above you would get into bed. Kick you'd hear them off. take one mm-hmm. shoe off and you'd wait for the other one and then you knew they were like in bed mm-hmm. and it'd be like, 
quiet. So, a little fun fact for y'all today. Uh, <laughs> Love it. Don't fact check me. Don't <laughs> fact check me. We won't, we won't. <clears throat> um, anywho. So, yeah. During that time, it's um, really hard that to, like, let your guard down. Right. Um, I kept all the same nursery stuff that Tori had. Um, a lot of that was, why do I want to buy new stuff if this isn't going to happen anyways? Um, every time you go to the bathroom, you're just kind of wondering. Uh, sorry if you have, you're squeamish, but when you're pregnant, sometimes there's extra moisture around there. And your, like, heart sinks and you wonder if, you know, oh, well, there it is, you know. Right. Must have, must have lost it. Um, every time you're, you get a stomach ache or a weird cramp or whatever, you just, you, the whole time you're just kind of waiting for it. You're hoping that Constant it's, state of... Yeah. 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 You're hoping it's not, and you want to have faith, and you want to, you know, be the good Christian that has faith in God, that he's going to see through it all. But there were definitely times through that process that, like, I was definitely, like, angry. Um, I've read many a blog post on miscarriages, and one phrase that stuck with me is, like, this infertility timeout is what I read in one that, like, you know, you might have a miscarriage or not be able to get pregnant for a year. And at some point you feel like you've done your time. Like I've struggled in all this. Like I should now I should be like pregnant because kind of like a kid. I did my time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I did my five minute time out. So I should come on, get me out of here. Right. Uh, You start wondering, you know, what did I do wrong? What am I supposed to be doing with my life? And, um, you know, trying to barter with God and all these kinds of things. And so, um, I remember actually saying to, you know, saying to God, you know, like if this pregnancy works, this was like while I was pregnant, um, you know, I'll, I'll have another one because we had talked about just having two. Um, but you know, if there was a way that, you know, God could help me find a way to get pregnant, I would have a third. Um, and even before I got pregnant, uh, I just, Jacob, you know, he, he can say this to me, but he was like, you know, maybe we're just, we are just supposed to have like one kid. And I knew that that truly came from a place of trying to comfort me and relieve any pressure. If I perceived him trying to put pressure on me. Um, so that's why that, that was okay. Um, but I told him, I said, I, we both grew up with all these siblings, you know, I can't imagine. It's always been the dream. Yeah. Tori mm-hmm. being an only child, like there's such an experience in having siblings growing up. Right. Um, and I never told him this, but in my head, I, I just always had this vision of like us telling, or the kids coming down the stairs Christmas morning, like getting excited. Hey, it's Christmas morning, blah, blah, blah. And just running down the stairs. Mm-hmm. And at the time we lived, our house is just like ranch style one story. And so part of me was like, if I say that, he's going to be like, we don't even have stairs. Because, again... <laughs> they can sleep in the attic Christmas Eve, just pull that thing back down. Yes. It's a good have... way to keep him out from the presents. Yeah. Don't hide the presents. <laughs> hide trapped the in the attic. Yes. <laughs> well done. So, you know, he would have given me a hard time and like, but we don't even have stairs. Because, again, that's just how we can roll and joke with each other. Mm. Um, so I just, again, had it in my mind and heart that, like, I know I'm supposed to have more kids. I don't feel like it's an adoption thing. 
Um, nothing against adoption. It just didn't seem, you know, I didn't feel that calling. And I feel like the people that are called to adoption are very called to that. Um, yes. So, uh, anywho. So this pregnancy, it was going, it, going good. And all the progress. and All the shots. All the shots. And so, side note. Um, I gave you a shot one time. <laughs> yes, you did. Just one time? Was it one time or more? At, maybe at least once with each. Yeah. Spoiler alert. Whoops. <laughs> I'm in. Um, no. So, uh, the the bad thing about the shots is that you cannot have an epidural if you have a dosage of the shots in oh my your gosh. system. I forgot about this part. Yes. And so, for the last, like, month or couple weeks, I don't know, it's all blurry, but let's say, like, the last month leading up to your d- due date... You go from a 24-hour dosage to a 12-hour dosage. Um, and I went from Lovenox to heparin. And heparin burns a whole lot more than the Lovenox. And now you're not doing it once a day. You're doing it twice a day. You're running out of spots on your stomach. Your stomach's getting bigger and thinner. And, and so it's harder to grab. To, mm-hmm, oh. Trying to pinch the skin. But, um, you know, I just had the mental like conversation that losing the baby would hurt way more than the shots. Mm-hmm. And I mean that just it seems obvious. Made it easy to take a shot. Yes. Um so yeah. Easy. Air quote. No, for sure. I mean it just was having that mindset. Um I've met other women since then that have done the shots and I'm like, you can always come to me and always like complain about the shots Mm -hmm. because you almost feel guilty complaining because again, you do know there's women out there that can't even get pregnant or the ones that struggle to get pregnant and can't keep the baby. And so you feel bad for even complaining about having this solution, but it does. It still burns and it still sucks. Um, But you obviously know that it's worth it. Uh, so yes, so luckily, um, my shot time might have been like seven in the morning and seven at night, and so I went into labor one evening with Brianna, and she I got the epidural. And Heck yeah, so thank you, Jesus. She was born, no issues, no problems, um, and oh my gosh, once she was here, so I don't feel like people talk about this enough, like. You have a baby, and it's almost, it, to me, it's so much more scarier once they're born because, like, they could they could hurt you. I have um, a really close friend who um, conceived twins, but only one was born. Um, the other um, was not alive when um, she was born. And she had had an older daughter, and she just said that that second experience with the twins it was almost hard to bond because she instantly realized, like, this thing can hurt me. Right. So, like, you have this baby, and, you know, you love this baby. And, man, if anything happened to this baby, like, that's painful. Crushing. So that that attachment piece. And so I kind of wondered about that um, with having Brianna, my second baby. But you're just so... My experience was I was just so grateful to have come from the miscarriage struggles to actually holding a healthy baby in my arms that, you know, aside from, I'd say your typical average, like 
watching them breathe in the middle of the night when you try to sleep. That's normal. That's the normal psychosis stuff. That, um, you know, I, I was just so happy to, to have the baby. Um, so yeah, uh, my, no one, um, on either side knew that I had had three miscarriages till long after I'd had, uh, Brianna. How long after? Oh, at least a year. Until you could, you felt comfortable enough to talk about it? There wasn't really much of a reason in my mind to really bring it up because, again, I kind of had gotten to the other side of things. Um, but um, there were just different people that I'd come across that would share that they were having trouble getting pregnant Mm -hmm. and that they had heard that I had had trouble getting pregnant. And it started with, like, school people. Um, cause my, my school team knew about, um, all three mm-hmm. for sure too. But, um, and again, I don't look at that as like people gossiping or anything like that. I think when you see someone hurting, everyone wants to try to solve that. Yeah. And what's s- the, what's the motivation behind that? Exactly. And so the fact that I had had trouble now, I had a kid, I think I, what did you do? Exactly. How can I do that? Yes. And so... Um, this was the first time that I saw that my vulnerability in sharing that experience could help somebody else. Mm-hmm. Um, when I did all the blood work testing, you know, part of it was that I needed to let my mom and my sister know cause it was like, I guess, um, hereditary. Yeah. On like the female side, however they determine those things. So what's the benefit of telling them? Yes. So just that, you know, my mom when, you know, you go through menopause and then being on, like, hormone medication, that could, you know, increase your chances of clotting, depending on the different hormone medications. And then even my sister, you know, she could potentially avoid ever having to go through having a miscarriage by, you know, going this blood thinner shot route. From the beginning. Yes. Mm-hmm. Which update? Uh, my sister is pregnant and Yay! expecting her first baby. Congrats, Sid. Big deal. Yes. And so she had gotten tested way back when and found out she had the same gene mutation. And so even though I had no problems with my first pregnancy, she just went ahead and has done the shots um, with this pregnancy because the whole thing is it's like, do you not do it and then something happens and you wonder the rest of your life, what if? Mm-hmm. Or do you just do it as a precaution? And right. so that's the route she went. Um, so I really didn't talk a whole lot about it until one, I was on the other side. I, I had successfully had a baby, which makes it easier to talk about. And two, I had the mindset of if I share, it could help others. Whereas if I just keep it to myself, then... Now you're looking at Sid potentially losing a kid or your mom potentially getting clots as not you know, going through... I mean, that was a no-brainer that I'd share with them. But Mm -hmm. as far as, like, sharing with... Again, it just started at work, and I think that's because most people at work knew. Right. Um, I didn't really talk about it with, like, anybody else. That forced vulnerability. Yeah. Just rip it out of me. There you go. Um, so since then, there, there have been a handful of people that have approached their doctors about, you know, doing the different blood work mm-hmm. tests and, um, doing the, uh, blood thinner shots and, you know, they've had very successful, uh, pregnancies. Um, so one person had to do the combination of IVF and the shots, uh, because they had trouble getting pregnant. Um, but another family, um, same thing, could get pregnant but couldn't uh, keep it. 
Um, and, you know, there's been even a friend of ours that has miscarried almost maybe like 10 times. Yeah. And now they're they're doing the shots mm-hmm. and having success. And so I'm not doing this to over-advertise or give anyone any false hope or promises. I'm doing it just to show that had I not been vulnerable and shared um, and strongly encouraged them to, you know, ask their doctor to try a different method or to do the testing sooner And some than doctors later. aren't going to do it. They aren't. There are some yep. who will just say, nope, not doing it. So, yep. I mean, one of our friends actually switched obese mm-hmm. yeah, to have that because, opportunity. Um, if I went to see another doctor or, you know, sometimes I thought I was in labor and then I wasn't. <laughs> and they'd be like, you know, what Hello, medications? All moms. <laughs> yeah. What medications are you on? And I'd be like, oh, you know, Lovenox, whatever. And they're like, why? And I'd explain, and they're like, well, that doesn't make any right, sense. Right, because it doesn't definitively prove yeah. that X equals yeah. Y, you know. Like. I was very appalled by how many other doctors that would see me would be like, why? Like, that's dumb. And I'd be like, You're well, dumb. Because I miscarried three times. Thanks like, for bringing that up, Jared. Yeah. But if yeah. you would just look at the medical report, you'd probably see that. But yeah, so. did you read my chart? <laughs> yeah. Hello. Do we have the right patient? Mm. So, So, yeah, the point in that is not to give anyone out there, like, any false hope. I do hope that, you know, maybe it's something you could look into. But it was more so to illustrate the um, benefit of being vulnerable um, and how it can help others. Uh, So, and then another update is that two Christmases ago, we remodeled our house. Mm -hmm. And there's an upstairs. And Christmas morning, Brianna ran upstairs to get Tori and yelled, Tori, it's Christmas morning. And she's like, huh? She's like, let's open presents. And the two of them ran down the stairs. Oh. And so it was like, oh, man, I had this vision. Look at God go. even had stairs on our house. And then. And Gabby you know, can't run on the stairs because she's a baby. Oh, well, Gabby wasn't born yet. Um, actually, she might have just been itty bitty. But I can't do math. Um, so I can't yeah. math it either. So three kids. But yeah, since you bring that up, so then I, I did. I had, uh, I went and, well, I went, but I don't even know. Me and Jacob <laughs> uh, decided to go for a third, and we did the shots again and had Gabby Mae, mm-hmm. um, third baby girl. And this shop is shut down. <laughs> Lord willing. Jesus, I know I yes. said I'd have a third, but uh, I really don't feel led to have a fourth. I don't feel out led. of this body. Yes, <laughs> yes, and so you know, talking to the girls, they've asked because you know, different. Uh, we're having nieces and nephews born on every each side of the family, and so they've kind of asked, and I'm like, no, and they're like, well, how do you know? Because doesn't God, you know, put the baby in your tummy? <laughs> I'm like, I've really been yes praying no. to God. Yes and no. <laughs> I have been praying to God saying that I think, you know, our family is set. I think we're good. And so I just pray that God agrees. And yeah, good okay. conversation. So follow-up questions. Yes. What has been, or multiple, mm-hmm. benefits for you? Like it's benefited you for being vulnerable about this. Mm. Well, I definitely think that there is evil that wants you to keep whatever you're struggling with to yourself. Oh, I know why. So no one else can get help. <laughs> yes. Well, and it, in a weird way, talking to other people 
and knowing that you're not alone is helpful. But Mm -hmm. in my head, I had it clearly, I don't want to hear that anyone else has gone through it. Um, I don't want them to try to relate because this is my pain. It's unique to me, which I still think that's true. But I was surprised that once I did find out how many other people had been through it um, and that they it wasn't done in a way of, oh, yeah, me too. Or mm-hmm. like, oh, well, how far were you because I was this far? You know, not that there aren't some people out there like that. But uh, for the most part, people are coming from a place of, you know, I lost that too. It's, it is very painful. Not I know it's very painful. Um, mm. But it's very painful. I'm going to be praying for you, and I love you. And um, it actually felt good to tell and other people and hear that you weren't alone. Yeah. Um, so yeah. I would encourage you to kind of fight those. Um, I'm going to use the word misconceptions uh, because I definitely think there's an evil out there that wants you to keep that to yourself. And feel alone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and... I'll be honest, sometimes you just, I needed that time to grieve. Mm -hmm. Everybody Um, grieves differently. Yes. And so you'll know kind of when you're ready or it'll be forced upon you. (laughs) There you go. But, you know, maybe you can see God in that and trying to help you heal by giving you either opportunities or putting people in your life that share that. Um, So, again, for me, that was people for unknown some unknown reason to me coming to me telling me that they had um, lost a baby and miscarried that then I then I shared so that right. whole I'll let them be vulnerable <laughs> first thing um, reciprocity but once I had some experience with you know how healing it was to know that like you said you're not alone um, and that people are responding in love and that they right. genuinely care about you, and it's not... Core motivation. Yeah, it's not, I I know exactly how you feel, or mine was so much worse, or some weird competition. Yeah. Um, that just encouraged me to then initiate the vulnerability side. So. so you need people who are going to truly empathize. And remember, empathy isn't necessarily experiencing the exact same thing. It could be just feeling your feelings with you. It could like, be putting yourself in their shoes. Or thinking of something similar, not the same, even though yeah. those are, it's apples and oranges, but... Yeah, everyone's had painful experiences, and so I think everyone knows what it's like to be in some type of pain, um, emotionally, physically, all that. Right, so what would you, how would you approach someone if they were going through this right now? Mm-hmm. Best advice, what would you, what would you give? Mm, gosh... <laughs> I don't know how to it's answer quite that. Quite a loaded question. I think it just kind of depends on like how you find out. So like if they're coming to you, um, just listening, um, and you know asking if you can do anything to, like, help take their mind off it, or if you want, like, do you want to be mad together? Right. And, like, I don't know. Go through pumpkins at brick walls or something <laughs> we can do that screaming pillows um you know what have you do you do you want me to be researcher you know just asking uh what they need but sometimes just um being there with them but it I think it depends on how you're finding out too so if you're finding out from someone else about that person you probably don't need to approach it until they like tell you themselves right now if I have like you're my best friend mm. and my 
principal happens to be the one to find out because it's the first day of school and she has your number, you know, obviously that's a whole different situation right. the principal's trying to, you know, have the right person reach out. But, um, you know, if you don't know the person very well, I mean, just leaving a little note in their box saying, hey, I love you, praying for you, and maybe some chocolate. Yeah, that always helps, right? <laughs> yeah, just... Um, they've talked about this a lot in church about sitting shiva. Am I saying that right? That sounds right. And was that a Jewish tradition? You're Maybe. quizzing me now. And, uh, it's in the Bible. I want to say, it. yeah. But it talks about just like when someone was grieving, the practice was to just go sit with like that person, not mm-hmm. try to say anything or fix anything, just to like be sit present with that person. Yeah. Um, and so I think that's a great thing too. And it can be like going to a restaurant or going to Starbucks, something about getting out of the house. It really helps. All right. Mm -hmm. Any other tidbits you want to throw in there, whether it's advice or if someone's going through this right now Mm -hmm. or what would you suggest? Um, I'm asking you a lot of questions without giving them to you ahead of time. No, it's okay. I think it was on my mind constantly. Like, constantly. There wasn't really a way to, like, shut it off. And that could just be a me thing. So, just knowing that, like, if somebody has been through something like that, um, and they appear fine... It doesn't mean you need to ask him every single day, how you doing, how you doing, how you doing. It still sucks. Yeah. Stop asking. Yeah. Every day that you're not pregnant Mm -hmm. sucks. Uh And then every day that you are pregnant, you're You're worried. worried. Yes. And so um, just being mindful in that. And again, for me personally, I didn't want to hear false promises. And not false, but like saying it's going to be okay, or whatever happens, you know, God's in control. Again, at that time, that would not have been anything that I would have taken or said. Right, those are truths, but not necessarily things you're experiencing right now. Like, God is working all things together for for our good, for his good, for the good of the kingdom. We are, everything will be okay, but that's not on this side of the life, Mm -hmm. and we're not... I mean, working all things together for our good, that doesn't mean you're going to experience certain aspects, but maybe since you spoke mm-hmm. out about it, now someone else is getting shots, now they're able to have a baby. Mm-hmm. So that all of that is working together for good, Yep. and that is finding joy in those things, but we might not ever know. Like, someone could have told someone who could have told someone, but mm-hmm. you're never going to see that effect yeah. of being vulnerable. You just have to trust yeah. and feel like, oh, I feel led to speak out about this, yes. so... Thank you for reiterating, or, you know, making that clear, that those are truths. I was not in a place that I could have received it. Yes. And the only thing I can hope for from this whole experience is that the next time in, I'm in a situation where I feel that way, I can look back on this and say, God had me the whole time. Um, right. Not that, you know, God wanted me to go through that pain and that suffering. I mean, like you said, who knows? We don't know what his pl- big bigger plans are. Right. But what I can do is take that experience and try to use it for good yeah. and what I can from it. Um, so, again, not that those things aren't true, 
I personally was not in a place where I could receive that. Um, I knew what you meant. Yeah. I just wanted to make sure we were very clear. No, no, no. I'm glad you clarified it, too. Um, So, yeah. All that to say, I think the biggest takeaways are um, that I didn't want to share or be vulnerable um, with that. Because, again, in my head, there was not going to be any good to come from it. Um, But it turned out when I did start sharing more, it got better. So, um, if there's something you're dealing with, it doesn't have to be infertility or, um, you know, miscarrying and all that fun stuff, that sharing, again, with the right people and with the right intentions Mm -hmm. is what's going to deliver that that healing and actually, you know, help you move forward. Uh, But just, like, Mm -hmm. I encourage you that if you feel like you want to open up about things, that you go back and read Daring Greatly and listen to the different episodes because there's definitely a right way and wrong way um, to be vulnerable. Um, and also, moving forward does not mean getting over it. Yep. Um, sometimes there is no getting over it, but there is upward trajectory to be had. Yep. You can leverage things, and mm-hmm. we know he's working all things together for our good. Yep. So instead of staying stuck, you can move forward. You can you can hold grief and joy at the same time. That's what I'm learning more as I'm mm-hmm. getting older and wiser because I'm a really black and white thinker mm. being a one it's been really hard to like figure that out but you can hold grief and joy at the same time you can be really sad this thing happened but really joyful that you have two kids after your three miscarriages mm-hmm. so all these things can coexist and that's what I'm learning as I'm getting older yes side note I always tell my kids that they can miss me and still have fun and I try to point that out to them constantly um, so when yeah. they go to Gigi and Papa's or go to school or whatever, if I can't make it to a class party, I'm trying to teach them that early that you can have two emotions. You can mm-hmm. miss someone but still have fun. Right. Um, so they can still, pr- that's hopefully setting them up for when they run into someone um, bullying them or picking on them or maybe trying out for a team and not getting it or Um, not getting a job or promotion that you can have this disappointment and still do your job well you can have it go through a tragedy but still show up for your family and try to have both those emotions you can have someone be mean to you but you can still have a group of friends and and you can still love them well too yeah oh wow it's it's hard to do and that takes a lot of practice and just awareness of it too Mm -hmm. because again i didn't realize this could happen until like i hit my 30s like oh wait the world can work this way. I find that a lot Silly of me. parenting is like, <laughs> I learned something at I this age. I love you, but go to sleep. Yeah, I find at this age that... So I can stare at you because I miss you. <laughs> <laughs> at this age, I'm learning things that I wish I would have knew sooner. And mm-hmm. so I think that's what all parents do. We try to teach our kids so they don't go through what like we went through. Right. But then we just sound like annoying parents. Uh, Mom, I already know everything. Yeah. Duh. I know more than you and Dad. What a joyous time. You're so smart. (laughs) I'm so glad you know everything already. Yeah. Must be a prodigy. Where's that full ride? Seeing how you know everything. Mm -hmm. I'm just predicting conversations in the future. It sounds like 
Yep. One Boy. of my kids. I won't mention names. Tune in in 10 years when we've got oh. teenagers. <laughs> oh, send help. Running rampant in our homes. Oh, my gosh. Uh, well, Farron, thank you so much for opening up and being vulnerable and mm-hmm. leading from the front. That is a big deal. So congrats to you. This is good. I'm proud of you. Good job, Bestie. Well, thanks for talking me through it, Bestie. Oh, yay. Teamwork makes the dream work. Preach. Well. Bye. Yes. So next, <laughs> next week. Next week we're going to have our interviews. So. Stay tuned or for more interviews. More vulnerable. This was like the segue yeah. into the interviews. More vulnerable conversations. Yeah. Look at you. All right. Well. Now can I say it? Yeah. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Witty and Gritty podcast. Join us at wittyandgritty.blog where you can subscribe to our newsletter, check out our blog, and listen to more episodes. We're here to help you become your best self with a community that cares.